I left you some reading material. I found it. And read it too, I see. You're him, aren't you? The one who wrote all of this. Most of it. What should I call you? I think sir would be most appropriate. After all, I am the man who put you back together again. I imagine you don't feel the difference, do you? I mean, if your memories are gone, you can't recall what it felt like to be slow, stupid, and mindless. I... I do remember. Not the details. Not events. But I know that I'm different. Better. Fascinating. These... What would you call them? Case notes, perhaps. Memoirs. Accounts of hypotheses and evidence collected. Experiments. If you wish. And now? Well, you read them. What do you think happens next? It's a complicated process. You don't need to know the details. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. <laughs> wow, I love it, guys. Our robot voices. Well, hopefully we'll learn to love by the end of this episode. Hello. <laughs> are we doing robot voices? There we go. Oh, we haven't time. seen uh, Robot Eamon in a long time. How are you both doing? We're great. How have you been? It's been New since, Year. Yes, it's been since a uh, Christmas episode last year. Yeah. And actually, I believe we executed some kind of body switch and had you sent to heaven in Eamon's place. That's right. I love it up there. Oh, cool. But didn't you kill Eamon? Yes. (laughs) And they still went you to heaven. That's nice of them. Eamon is a bad person. Jesus came up to me and said, thank you for killing that piece of shit scumbum. Wow, I'm glad Jesus uses the phrase scumbum. And then Jesus said he is not fit to lick in between my toes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I think Eamon might be into that. What do you think? I think Eamon would love that. (laughs) Yeah, he seems like a foot guy. He is a kinky footster. (laughs) Real Quentin Tarantino type. A real Quentin Tarantino type. (laughs) We got into some stuff with Eamon on the last episode about some weird kinky stuff. His brain is sick. (laughs) One time I saw him on the bus reading comic books (laughs) and I thought, huh. (laughs) <laughs> Something must be up with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he was wearing very juvenile shoes. Oh, this you must have seen him recently. Red. I did see him recently. God. <laughs> like a guardian angel situation? Yes. Come down. <laughs> yeah. I am like Clarence. I will show him what the world is like without him, and it is very good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a reverse. Well, it was nice seeing you both. I need to leave now. Back to heaven? Back to heaven. All right. I Bye. had to talk Enjoy. to Jesus. Okay. Thanks <laughs> for coming in. Bye. Bye. Wow. What a fun... Pop in, yeah. yeah. What an interlude. Wow, I lost my hearing for a, a minute or two there. Oh. And my sight. Oh, okay. But Both. I'm back to normal now. Good. Better not ask any questions about that. No, yeah, why would you, I? Yeah. You don't need to know. <laughs> my body shuts down intermittently. Yeah, that's, I mean, don't mm-hmm. tell your doctor about that. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> Good. All right, guys, here we are. Big finish, audio series, season two, episode two, All the King's Horses. So if this is uh, your first time joining us, whew. 
this should not be your first episode. Uh, but what about all the Kings of Men? I heard they couldn't put somebody back together again. Probably Eamon. Yeah. Probably Eamon, right? I'm broken. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so make sure you listen to the first episode, uh, especially in this series, because all the stories are connected. Confusing, but, but connected. connected. <laughs> uh, so before we hop into this one, we're going to revisit the Highlander catalog again and play the catalog game. Uh, so if you uh, don't know how the rules work, I'm going to read an item description out of the Highlander catalog, and Eamon and Kyle are going to try to guess what the price of that item might be. Whoever's closest within 20% gets to give their opinion first at the end of the episode. If they miss the 20%, I get to give my opinion. Woo! Uh, and do we want to throw in any sort of wild yeah. cards here? So I am running the game this time. So we'll say if I defeat Eamon in this, Keith, you get a point. All right. Bonus so Eamon, point. You're still fighting for that bonus point. There but we against go. Me. Very good. All right. So I'm going to be reading out of the 1999 Best of Highlander catalog. Simply the best. And so this is the Best of Highlander style page. Ooh. Um, Style page? Style page. To like style as in clothes? That's right. So we're going to be talking about the Best of Highlander Terry Valor robe. Terry Valor. Terry Valor. He directed uh, Brazil. (laughs) Terry Valor. Man, white people get blamed for too much. Breaking news today. (laughs) Thanks, Terry Gilliam. All right, so Best of Highlander Terry Valor robe. Spoil yourself in this scintillating 100. Soil yourself or spoil yourself? (laughs) Soil yourself. I mean, it's up to you. Once you buy it, do it. It's all yours. (laughs) And Eamon, you might be into that sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Spoil yourself in this scintillating 1,000, 1,000%, 100% cotton first class robe fit Mm. for Highlander royalty. Warm and silky soft beyond reason. <laughs> beyond re- beyond reason. Is this like some kind of elder god scenario? <laughs> <laughs> you put the you see it in your mind just goes blank <laughs> with horror. Uh, our best of Highlander robe features kimono style sleeves, thick sash wrap, oversized patch pockets, and of course, our best of Highlander banner emblem Ooh. embroidered on the left front chest. Full 48 inches length, one size fits most. <laughs> there we go. Wow. Yep, so it can comes we see in what black. This looks like? Yes, you can. Okay, so they just had spare robe somewhere <laughs> yes. and just slapped the logo on. Yeah, it. it's a black robe with as it says kimono style sleeves. So like the evil Sith. <laughs> okay. Yes. They have kimono style <laughs> sleeves. That's right. <laughs> this all checks out. I'm gonna guess that this robe is $49.99. All right. Eamon. Mm, I'll get $60. Eamon, yes, you are correct. Oh. Woo! $69.95. Wow. That is spendy. That is an expensive robe. It was expensive then. How much do you think that robe would cost today? $102. $107. Wow. $107 robe. How much does a robe generally cost? It's free. You take them from a hotel. Oh, very good. I'm just kidding. I've never, done, I've never done that. I don't know. How much does a robe cost? Like 30 bucks, maybe? You I mean, I suppose there's you like... You definitely get a robe for $30. Yeah. True. I imagine there's a very nicest. nice robe, but, you know. What is Highlander royalty? Great question. Bonnie Prince Charlie? Yeah. I don't know. Highlander royalty. Well, right. well done, Eamon. You will gain a point Ooh. in your struggle against Keith later. Nice. Let's see uh, how that goes. <laughs> Do you want to give him two? No. Okay. <laughs> two, like a rating of our last episode. That's right. No. 
All right, guys. So today we are talking about episode two, All the King's Horses. Uh, all these deets are all the same. So this was released in April of 2011. It was directed by Ken Bentley, written by Scott Andrews. He wrote the last story. Uh, and again, a heads up, he wrote three of the four. I don't know why he didn't do all Went four. All four. But yeah, yes, that's three weird. of the four. It stars Valentine Pelka as Kronos, Peter Wingfield as Mythos, Toby Longworth as Diligen, uh, Richard Ridings as Silas, and Marcus Testry as Caspian. And also something I did not mention last episode that I that deserves mentioning uh, is the artwork for season two it was done by the Highlander fandom's very own Grant Kempster, who runs oh, really? uh, right. yeah, yeah, Highlander yeah. Heart, and we've yes. interviewed him on this show. He's a great guy, uh, but he is a graphic designer by trade and was able to do the artwork for this, which is pretty cool. That's nice that they. Uh, well, I hope they paid him. Oh, they did, I believe. Okay. Yes. I hope they did too. Yeah, uh, it's nice artwork. Um, the other thing I'll say about Grant is his zines are awesome. Like his early Highlander oh, yeah. fanzines. Mm -hmm. Did you guys get to look at those? They were cool. They were very neat. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. You probably still can't buy those, but no. But I think there's some pictures like on yeah. the Highlander Heart group that you can yeah. probably track down. Of Check them out. What some of them look like. Yeah. Very awesome. cool. Big props to Grant for doing the art on these. All right. All right. So finally, the description on the Big Finish website reads, An empty room, windowless, locked, This has the silent. same opening as the last one, where it's like incomplete sentence. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sentence fragment. Now we'll tell you something. Yep. A man who does not know his own name lies dead on a bed. Also, the room's not empty. <laughs> There's a there, we know at least there's a bed and there's a table right I with think a box of books, books yeah yeah so this is all false this is all wrong then on a bed in a moment he will return to life and begin to ask questions but he may not like the answers he discovers Ooh. Oh, oh, dear. and these all also end with that sort of like ellipses like he may not like blah, 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 blah. Yeah. all right so this one all focuses on the not gentle giant <laughs> Silas but he does not know that because we wake up. And he, we, this episode starts with him appearing to have some kind of amnesia. Right. He can't remember his name. He can't remember anything. And he's talking to someone. Some doctor. Some We doc presume, I guess. Some yeah. doctor, I presume. And some of this dialogue is just very strange. Like, the guy's, like, asking him if he wants anything to drink, but he can't even remember what things he likes. Does he not, like, even remember what, like, a but drink he can, is? But he can say all these words... Yeah, like, he, he has vocabulary. And numer right. Numeracy. And numeracy. I don't know why I put that stank on it, but... Um, <laughs> mm. Yeah, but, he has but, a, a, quite the vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah, and then the doctor says to him, well, what you like is beer, whiskey, <laughs> alcohol, basically. And he's like, okay, I'll have that. And he's like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you can no. have coffee, You can bitch. have coffee. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? What's yep. the point of this exercise? Yeah, I don't know. A lot of dead time here. But Silas was also left some reading materials by this doctor mm -hmm. person who apparently, quote, put him back together because he used to be slow and stupid. <laughs> Immediately, I was like, what the fuck is this Dr. Frankenstein story going to be? Like... This is crazy yeah. already. Is yeah, already I was just like, crazy. huh? And, and he also makes him call him sir. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nuts. Yeah. So the other thing that's just like odd about this right off the back, back, the bat, is like this version of Silas that we are meeting is not the Silas we've encountered before. No. He's somehow different and not dumb. Yeah, that was confusing. So it's a little confusing. 
But away we go. So yeah, so Silas wakes up in the next scene and he sees this box of like books and papers, right? And that's like our jumping off point into the story. Like he's like, oh, uh, what are these? And I guess I'll read some. Yeah. And that's how we get this. Which is somehow a more usable storytelling medium than the last episode. Where Cronus is like, let me unburden myself to you, Watcher Man. Right. <laughs> Whereas this is like, oh, I'm reading this story and I'm kind of learning this stuff. Right. And it's also neat because he reads like fragments. It's like, oh, yeah. there's a little bit of story here. I pick up a different book or a journal and there's a little thing here. Yeah, this is effective. So, I yeah, like this. It is a delivery mechanism way more effective than whatever was happening last time. <laughs> also, I just want to note, they make a goddamn meal out of the bed creaking sound effects here. <laughs> like Silas getting up is like, reek, 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 reek. <laughs> He's a, bi- he's a big man, Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> he's a big man, <laughs> and he needs a big shredder. <laughs> Is that a reference to a weird SNL fake commercial from the 90s? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's right, the shredder. <laughs> Get the shred in your head. <laughs> All right. But he gets down there, and he picks up a vellum notebook and decides he's going to read from it as we move into the track the fourth. He knows what air conditioning is, but he doesn't <laughs> remember what drinks are. Right. Even just water. Like, no, he yeah. does not even understand that, like... Or does he just say he doesn't remember what he likes to drink? Uh, the, the way they frame it is, you don't remember your own preferences. Right. But, like, he, they, does he also ask him, are you thirsty? Or, like, do you want to... Like, I don't know. It's like, if you're thirsty, anything, please. Like, yeah. or just water. Like, come on. I don't know. Anyway. So, like, if you were thirsty, and again, I'm assuming not, like, dying in a desert of thirst. And someone's like, oh, uh, are you thirsty? All we have is pickle juice. Would you be like, Yes. I don't know. Maybe not that. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, it does matter. (laughs) I guess, but uh, I don't imagine anyone just offering pickled juice up. What about my pee? (laughs) That's right. You've been saving them in those (laughs) Those jars. jars. Yeah, exactly. That's right, and it's going very well. Mm, Good. Very well. We'll keep checking in on that week to week. Excellent. See how the important (laughs) collection goes. So, this appears to be a spy. The thing he's reading is a report from some kind of spy in Constantinople? 1543. 1543. A very good year. Yes. Uh, and Silas is a mercenary fighting for the Ottoman Empire. And Silas is like tunneling under a wall. Yeah, he's like going on some insane reckless mission to deliver explosives under this tunnel. Uh, but whoever is writing this story reveals that he has a theory to test on Silas. Yeah. And he's he has like gathered together the smartest immortals in the world, apparently. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> so he like sneaks into this camp and like follows Silas into the tunnel and leaves his own charges. Yeah. So Silas is in there to blow this thing up. Right. But then he sets up separate explosives to blow up the tunnel on Silas. Right. Yeah. How? Don't How do you get him out of there too once yeah. it's like on top of him. Yeah, isn't there like whole armies trying to sack the city yeah it seems very complicated whatever so the city falls and this author is stabs his corpse yep yeah and this is the longest he's ever kept a corpse dead and he's like rigor mortis never set in how long is he dead for don't know 49 days 49 days 49 days that is a very long (laughs) time and also like how does he keep him dead I guess he just leaves the sword in. Right. Is that the metric? I guess. I, guess. I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you just wake up with the sword in you? Or why don't you push it out or something? Right. Like I don't when know, guys. Duncan gets shot Does and the killed, bullet oh, get right. pushed out first? Like, he doesn't need someone to perform exploratory surgery on him in order to wake That's up. That's a very good point. So why would you just leaving the sword in there keep you dead? Very good point. Bad oh. job. <laughs> <laughs> 
So this author has not yet abandoned plans for some kind of cure, and he's built a contraption of gold. I love gold. <laughs> yeah. these, these are Austin Powers jokes. Smoking a pancake? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Gold member. Gold member, yes. Mm. Uh, so this guy builds a gold member to <laughs> somehow conduct the power of quickenings. Because again, this entire big Finnish audio series is just based on like, how do quickenings work? Let's jerk off. Right. And so he has this these clever immortals hooked up to this machine, but we're still not quite sure what his goal is. Right. Honestly, weird thing here. I have in my notes, I wondered if this was the guy from season one who experimented on Maria. Oh. I was like, oh, are these is this connected to anything we've seen before? No, 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 Wait, which one's Maria? Oh, from oh. Big Finish season one. <laughs> season one, yes. I'm yeah, sorry. I was sorry. I was thinking about the episode. I was like, also, I was going to ask you guys, is anyone disappointed there wasn't a Maria in this? Uh... Maria. A little bit. Maria. Little bit. Well, there are literally no women in this. So. <laughs> There's a sexy nurse in the next one. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. I thought it was pronounced O. Lala. Oh la la. Oh la la. What's my name? Rihanna. <laughs> So anyway, this author has built this network of spies and it's somehow used a method to make them compliant. Right. We're not. What what does this any of this mean? Well, since we don't know who this is, we're not sure. Uh, But I guess should we should we say who this is yet? Yeah, this is fucking Dillajan. This is Dillajan, right? Uh, So, I mean, I guess it's that weird whisper thing he does. Right. Right. We still don't get all the details on how he's doing whatever it is that he is doing. Once again, yeah, that he has like magic powers on top of everything else that's crazy. He sent his like goons to bring back the smartest immortals and hook them up to his gold ring. Then he pulls a rope and like knives come down and chop off all their heads. All their heads at once. (laughs) And the fucking place just explodes. (laughs) Yep. And he runs away. Yeah. He pulls a rope and it's a knife throwing device it's not a guillotine it like somehow hurls knives at these people and decapitates them all this is what the knives out movie was about by the way (laughs) so he's worried that he will be like tried for alchemy so he's like i gotta get the fuck out of here yeah just so how would they know like what alchemy right bizarre anyway but then the this author Dillajan runs away while Silas emerges with a face half burned like a fiery golem. <laughs> yes, he's like, Goldar. He's Goldar. Oh, he is Goldar. <laughs> Do you think his uh, penis was also encased in melted gold? Oh my god! Yeah, it's <laughs> like a gold, like a, a veritable gold member. <laughs> That's exactly correct. Uh, mm. The sword is still in his chest, by the way. Oh, good. Wait, yeah, so wait, how is he, so how is he alive? <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. <sighs> I did kind of think this image was cool of like him coming out like with like hot gold. All like this is so gr- <laughs> I mean this is so grotesque. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. hot gold, baby, baby. This leads the Dillajan to conclude that feelings, knowledge, and emotions are transferable through a quickening. But perhaps intelligence is not. Right. That's like, okay, this is all weird. Yeah. Also, are any of those things actually transferable through quickenings, really, when the chips are down? I don't know. He also says this is the biggest mistake since he re- released Carnial a thousand years ago. And I'm also like, I don't know what, what that, that is. is. Yeah, I was like, Carnial, what the fuck is this? That's uh, a hair, hair <laughs> shampoo. Yeah. Like L'Oreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That took a second, but I liked it. Yeah. 
Also, I said hair shampoo as opposed to other shampoos. <laughs> so anyway, so Silas takes off and apparently is found later still with like wounds. Like yeah. another kind of interesting wrinkle in this. Like he's so fucked up that it took over a month to heal. Well, yeah, I guess. Different than the show or whatever. But so we get cut back to this room and Silas is reading this material and he's like us, just confused. <laughs> But he seems to be getting some kind of odd sense memories as he reads this material. Oh, I do have a question about the point you brought up that like memories are tra- like they say like oh my memories my, my memories are transmitted memories memories Ooh, yeah, yeah. memories, memories Back baby to wheelhouse. oh uh, they're titties. <laughs> Uh. But he says knowledge is transferred. So I was also like, oh well, for you, like, what's the difference between knowledge and intelligence, like? I don't know. Does that mean he just learned a lot of data? Right. He's still it's an idiot. Like, He's like, oh, I'm still a dumb dumb, but I could tell but like you the what brain the... is kind of broke. I don't know. I yeah. could build you a gold, like, <laughs> immortal chopping off head machine. Right. Yeah. I can tell you the capital of Tunisia now, but I'm still an idiot. And he's like, my first trepanation released Carniel in all his fury. Which is that in reference to another episode down the line? I guess so. I we guess. will have to talk about it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. <sighs> yeah. So then Silas says what we're all thinking quote, stop talking in riddles. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that'd be great because this is confusing and by virtue of that kind of boring. And he talks about Lavellus, his first attempt to find a cure, whatever that means. And then the person finally comes with the fucking coffee. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a good thing uh, Caspian wasn't here. He'd murder her. Yeah. Ooh. But then the attendant arrives with coffee and a gun and we get a bunch of Foley sounds of like wet coffee <laughs> they, talk, they talk about this coffee so much. Like coffee, the, coffee, the, coffee. The whole milk in it. Yeah. It's like, shut the fuck up <laughs> about the coffee. Because uh, uh. that was distracting us from the riveting story that's coming next. Right. So we launch into the next notebook, I guess, which is all in Latin. This one's actually the notebook. Oh, great. Ryanus Goslingius. <laughs> so Decius Lavillus is in Britain as it's occupied by Rome. And he is hunting Silas all over the world, apparently. And whoever this was, like, there's some hints that, like, oh, this person met Kronos, but didn't take his head. And, and like, it's like, again, a, he met him in a we brothel talk? and was just right. like, mm, you're good. And again, I get Not so a get, harem. <laughs> Not a harem. So again, this is Dilijan it's talking about, correct? I think this is one of his agents. Okay, because they, they're yeah, very explicit is, about not Lavellus. mentioning yeah. names a lot. Yeah. And it's like, you're always questioning, like, wait, who is this character going to be? It makes it confusing. Yes. Lavellus, this is Lavellus's actions. Right. Lavellus's? Lavellus I? So he meets the famous Roman figure of Pompey. Pompey. Uh, <laughs> Pompey. Pompey. That's a person. Is it? What's what's his what's Pompey's deal? Uh he was a member of the first triumvirate. Huh. Which was the like three lord allegiance between Julius Caesar, Pompey, and Crassus was the third member. <laughs> Crassus. <laughs> Pompey. Uh, yeah, when I heard the name Pompey, I thought of like a little cartoon dog. I was like, oh, it's Pompey. <laughs> yeah. Pompey, Pompey, Pompey. Yeah. Uh, Pompey. I mean, I believe it's supposed to be the same person. Wow. And uh, he's an immortal. He's actually immortal, and he's a healer of some kind. And he's very beloved by this, this army he's in. And there's this weird plot where he's like trying to protect him. This is all very confusing. Yeah, so who the offer, this Decius Lavillus appears to sell him out to bandits in some way. Right. And then convinces Poppy to, to go to Britain. Meanwhile, in Britain, Silas is there as a Roman centurion, and they're trying to subdue what is now Wales, right. basically. Pompey and Silas meet, 
and Pompey's like very interested in why Silas is such like a fucking dumb dumb. He's like really curious about yeah. this for some reason. Yeah, there's a lot of like weird like I don't know that emotion porn. Like some of this made me feel uncomfortable the way they talked mm-hmm. about Silas. Like I think we discussed that when we talked about like the beast below. Like yeah. it's just like oh what a gentle creature. Mm-hmm. Like you know I don't yeah, know. This is like in track seven. If we want to listen to some some of this, I find the way they talk about Silas really odd here. Silas fascinated Pompey. His simple-mindedness was a provocation to the scholarly doctor, and he began a series of tests to try and identify either the causes of his idiocy or the outward physical signs of it, which, he said, could be used to aid future diagnosis. I think perhaps you and Pompey could have been colleagues under different circumstances. He took measurements of Silas's head, tested his vision and hearing, mapped the contours of his skull, noting with interest an almost imperceptible depression in the skull above the right hemisphere of the brain. Silas endured all this with the trusting patience of a child, glad to receive attention, yet baffled by the cause. Pompey came to treat Silas as a pet project, although as time passed, more pet than project. Silas, for his part, spent more and more time with Pompey. He began aiding him in his surgeries, uncomplainingly carrying out the most menial of tasks with a smile. I must confess the idiot was a great mystery to me, my lord. On the one hand, he was as savage and bloodthirsty in the heat of battle as any man I've ever seen, mortal or otherwise. I've seen him lay low twenty men in five minutes and stand there amidst the slaughter, soaked in the literally steaming blood of his enemies. I've seen him wade into battle, axe swinging with a wide grin, as if this was the most exciting, wonderful, glorious game any young boy ever played. Yet the tenderness he showed those wounded men in Pompey's care... The eager way he ran to fetch and carry things at the surgeon's request. The way he came to hang on Pompey's every word, almost as a dog does its masters. These traits bespoke the gentle soul of a true imbecile, innocent and unsullied by the violence of the world. A true imbecile. I do not understand how it treats him in this thing. Like... They treat him like he's, like, subhuman in his <laughs> intelligence. And, like, what's their evidence of it? It's like, oh, he's nice. He treats, like, wounded soldiers well, so he's a true imbecile. Yeah, I kind of did wonder that. I was like, does Silas, li- like, actually have a condition or not? Like, I'm not sure where he stands as far as what this is. And, like, what in the episode of Four Horsemen leads to the conclusion that he's, like, pathologically dumb in (laughs) some way? Like He likes that monkey. He does like that monkey. Like, he's, like, I don't know. Monkey. (laughs) I mean, he does seem, like, simple. I I don't know. I I don't know. Yes, but not, like, oh, he's fascinatingly stupid. And also... (laughs) (laughs) Why is this doctor, like... Wow, I met a dumb immortal. This is so... (laughs) Time to bone up on him. Yeah, this is fascinating. It's like, no, it's not. (laughs) This is weird. It's It's a little weird. strange. Yeah. So there's a a betrayal afoot, right, Kyle? Yes. The author, who is writing, safe to assume, to Dilijan. We're reading that correspondence. He goes to a village nearby, describing their language as phlegmy gibberish. So uh. he's going to give them the skinny on the, the Roman centurions, right? Yes. And so what he does is he lets them know their position and all this sort of stuff, the inside scoop, and he plants gold, like a gold gauntlet or something like that. They give him gold. Right. In exchange, He does this in exchange for gold. 
which then he decides he is going to plant among Pompey's stuff. Right. I so, love gold. There we go. So eventually Silas sees this gold. And he's like, what the fuck? What the fuck, man? So like Silas, who's so fucking stupid in this, in <laughs> that this episode. That he marvels the medical profession. Right. Uh, yeah, that which he, also, side note, he's so dumb that he lets him assist in surgery. <laughs> <laughs> He was so stupid that I allowed him to participate in these very delicate <laughs> procedures. Yeah. Hey, dumb dumb, want to help me cut this guy open? Maybe, maybe he's doing grape surgery, guys. We don't know. Mm. It could be that sort of grape surgery. Yeah, I forgot about that meme. That's right. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm a neurosurgeon. My all my aides are complete fucking morons. But like they paint Silas as such an idiot, yet Silas is able to see a shiny object and be like. Wait a minute. I, I fuck, recognize the markings. Like on I this know what this means. Gold. Like and I can connect the dots to figure like the only way you've gotten this is by betraying us. Like that's smart shit. Anyway. Yeah. To your point, Kyle, that they don't know what they're what it, what's his deal. It's bizarre. But he sees this and of course just houses Pompey. About <laughs> yeah. right. And Levis is like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I guess he's a traitor. Yeah. Right? So the the plan here, as we come to learn, was the goal was for Silas to kill. Like, just the smartest immortal he could find in the hopes that this would somehow affect his overall levels of intelligence. Right. It doesn't. It does not. No. It does not work. Because, like, a fucking of course it doesn't. <laughs> and he's like, Silas has taken two things from me, but he's not cured yet. So, President Day Silas just then recaps what we just heard. Like, everything. Yeah, he just says it again. It's and like then, a mid-season recap. And then he, But then he learns some more about si his own timeline. Right. So he sacked Rome with the Ostrogoths in 546. Uh, he fought with the Bulgars against Genghis Khan, so on and so forth. It just kind of lists battles he was at, more or less. And now, also at this point, the doctor is in interviewing Silas again. At this point, doesn't Silas realize this is a revenge plot for some reason but we don't know why, why? it's yeah. just like this and and i was left with that question too i was like huh like huh what? there's also a question they've asked now in two of these tracks which is like is silas a killer or a gentle giant like which what's the true, true silas? silas like i guess this doctor has this theory that like has this mental like impairment made him a killer or is that the thing that's keeping the killer at bay Right. Silas reads this other notebook, which is this like autobiographical thing that he says was clearly written way after it happened. Yeah. Uh, because he says like the events they describe, I think, are like language didn't even exist, exist. then or something. Or it predates like. the written, it predates the written writing. Yeah. yeah. The name says he like freed Carnial, uh, mm. but like there's blacked out names and things from the like body that. of blank. Yes. And it's like what? What's Redacted. Like, Redacted. So yeah. So we'll play this clip. They get into some like new mythology about like a great battle that took place that we're gonna find out more about later. Immortal were few and far between in those times. The bloodletting of the great battle had thinned our numbers, and those who had survived were lying low, biding their time, waiting to see if another leader would arise, or whether, as indeed came to pass, they would go into hiding, blending into the wider population, shamed into anonymity by the horror of Carniel's reign. There was, I perceived, a power vacuum. Inevitably, some strong, motivated monster would rise to fill it, and the cycle would begin again. But I began to wonder if there was a way to prevent this. And so I conceived my ministry. If only I could control the effects I had witnessed at name blacked out. Do you hear, like, a weird, like, moist sound? Is that his, like, lips flapping, or is that, like, a sound effect? <laughs> I think that's his lips. <laughs> it's gross. 
He's like. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice it the first time. I don't think I did either. That's pretty good. Gross. Gross. Mm. Mm. So yeah, some great battle. Carniel was like the leader of immortals or something. This is all new stuff. Yeah, whoever this Carniel person is led some kind of band of immortals, but he's gone and immortals kind of go underground. Right. But we do know that when we meet Silas for the first time in this story, he's like a little bit of a ladies' man, you know? Yeah, hubba hubba. And he died because he was gored by a bull, but did not notice that he died and came back to life. Very odd. And like children love him. They're like, if you want to find Silas, they're like, just follow like the squeals of happy children. children. Like, a, uh, that was a weird line. Who is this character of Gelanti? We meet this character Gelato. So she is. She so, tried to cut her own head off because right. she lost her family in the big battle with Carniel. Yes. Right. So this is brutal. Couldn't cut her own head off. And is like forever scarred by that, right? By this failure to cut her own head off. Yeah. Uh, and she has like pledged her loyalty, her fealty or fealty, Kyle, yeah. uh, to Dillajan. Right. Because Dillajan did his head drilly thing yep. to her. To her. Yeah. Uh, so they hook up with Silas at this tribe and like she takes a liking to him. So then Silas decides to go with them and like form a thruple. Right, because, like, Dillajan's a dick, and he's like, oh, like, you want to get married, but, like, sorry, she pledged allegiance to me, so I'm not leaving without her? Yeah, it's weird. So Silas is like, I guess I'll third wheel it, like, the yeah. whole way. I don't know. And they're doing good and collecting uh, remedies and shit. So this is, like, the start of Dillajan's, like, what he calls the ministry, ministry. which is... Somehow inspired by this experience at Carniel, he's trying to make sure... It seems like he's trying to make sure that, like, no one unites immortals in, like, a reign of terror again. And they even seem to imply in the narration here that, like, people knew about immortals at that point, like, before Carniel. Maybe. Well, I guess if there's an army of them rolling right, around... Right, because he's like, do. oh, people were, like, ashamed to be immortal after that event, like, and went into hiding. Uh, so it's, like, also that he's, like, trying to, like, make good on their name or like whatever. Like, rehabilitate immortals? Yeah. Weird. The other thing that's weird about this, so this is saying that Dillajan met Silas before all this shit with Kronos, and then just by fucking coincidence, like, meets him again yep. years later. Yes, absolutely. Like, many years later. And yeah. he doesn't say anything when they meet. No, he never addresses that. Like, hey, Like, bro. oh, you were my friend, and, like, we traveled all this way together and blah, blah, blah. Right. We had a threesome with that chick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. what the fuck? Dumb. Dumb. Uh, yeah. But eventually, uh, they are waylaid by bandits. Goblins. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Jelanti and the man, or the man, D Dilijan. The man. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Take them on. Uh, because Silas like also has never fought before. Yeah, like, he's, he's no scared fighter. to fight. and So again, a very different Silas. But uh, by accident, like by pure chance. Jelanti's head is chopped off. Uh, yeah, she's killed by beheading. By one of these bandits. But Silas is there, and that's how he gets his first quickening. Right. He runs over to her. So this is, one of, this is that instance from the last episode. Why didn't they both get her quickening? Based on the way they showed it last time? Yeah, like yeah, in the boat, know. they both got... Con, uh, Richard Kind's quickening. Yeah, that's so odd. Yeah, I don't know. So the effect of this quickening is fucking awful. Uh, although I kind of like it. It's like that. Uh, like Silas is now like literally haunted by this woman he loved. Like that episode. Haunted. That's haunted. Right. Haunted. 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 So, so like Silas is losing his mind. So Diligent decides to try to do something about it. So he like locks Silas up and tries to free. This is why I fucking hate this. Like, <laughs> 
He tries to free the essence of Jolanti from his head. So this is where, like, the, here we go. The first, like, clear reference to what the fuck is going on throughout yeah. this whole thing. What is the in. drill thing? How does he know what <laughs> part is going to come out? I don't know. I don't know. Is there, like, a label on the brain that's, like, <laughs> Jolanti part? <laughs> like, And they don't even make an effort to, like, try to explain it. Like, maybe if there's, like, some meditation that, like, think about Jolanti, like... You know what I mean? Like, put her in the front of your mind, even though that's stupid, but, like... It's at least a thing. It's at least a thing. It's better than nothing. Nothing. (laughs) It's just, like, you pop a hole in your head, and a ghost comes out. Yeah, so that is literally what is going to happen. We're we're getting it explicitly for the first time here, but we will get it many, 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 many more times before this whole shtick is over. (laughs) That his plan is to literally try to take his little trepanation drill and cut gelato out of his brain. But Silas, like, breaks out before he can, like, complete the procedure. So he's not completely dead. Right. He's mostly dead. Mostly dead, yeah, because he says he didn't tie, like, the restraints tight enough. So when Silas jerks around, it breaks the drill, and he leaves, like, a burning hot piece of metal inside his brain. Can we play the clip of this? We (laughs) surely can. This is not Of this fucked... (laughs) Drillagen. Drillagen. Didgeridoo. Turned the screw to slice through the bone into his living brain and got to work the second his eyelids fluttered with regained consciousness. But he was too strong and my bonds were too slack. The moment I felt the bone crack and felt the drill bite into the soft grey tissue, he bucked once, violently screaming in panic. The drill plunged deep into his brain. I was flung backwards and watched in horror as he bucked and writhed, foaming at the mouth, the trepanning apparatus hanging out of the hole in his head. (laughs) Quickening energy sparked and flashed around the wound. But unlike the last two times, it did not flow out of my subject and into me. Instead, it crackled around the drill head and the wooden frame, scorching it until the wood caught fire and fell away, leaving the stone drill bit white hot, burning deep within his skull. He twitched and shook until eventually the energy burnt itself out. His eyes rolled back in his head and he slumped dead on the ground. Wow, gruesome. What the fuck? (laughs) And so this is positing any time like an immortal skull is like cracked or opened, quickening energy. Like so if she gets shot in the head, just like like, just electricity pop out. You just shoot a ghost out of the brain. Yeah. (laughs) This is bizarre. And Diwajin then posits, it's like, oh, well, maybe cutting someone's head off is, like, the crude way of doing this. Right. Like, maybe there's a more, like, refined way to, like, <laughs> yeah, extract. Like drilling a hole. Like drilling a fucking a skull. hole. <laughs> like a gentleman would. And Silas appears to have amnesia when he wakes up. Yeah, the drill bit, drill bit tailor is stuck in Silas's head, like, forever. <laughs> <laughs> And this this is like an episode of the fucking Simpsons. Do you know the episode where Homer has the crayon in his brain? The reason Homer's stupid is because there's a crayon lodged in his brain. And they take it out, and he's smart again. Oh. This is the same plot of that episode. <laughs> More or less. Wow. And then that doesn't make any sense, and this doesn't make any sense either. <laughs> so, weirdly, as like a result of this, like kind of the next day, Silas is just like among the tribes people... And, and he's just like, <laughs> he's all of a sudden an idiot. Yeah. He's all of a sudden an idiot. And Dillajan says, I don't know what started this, but all of a sudden there's a kerfuffle 
and Silas is just hacking someone to pieces. Is, yeah, it's like, what? what the fuck? And he's like, stop. And he's like covered in blood. And he's like, oh, sorry. Like, again, like kind of like a dog that like, don't don't rip up the, the paper. Like, whoops. What? I didn't I didn't know I was supposed to I'm do I'm sorry. This. Yeah. Tail between legs. Yep. He's now gotten the idea that through quickenings or manipulating this stuff, you can even change like an immortal's personality. Right. And uh, in the present, you know, Silas is kind of putting this all together. Like at this point, I guess Silas realizes I am Silas. Like he sees this name in the the, mm. the journals and stuff. And he wondered at first, like, who am I reading about? What is this? Clearly, this must be me. And now he wonders, wait a minute, like maybe I'm here because of the drills out of my head. So like, and he also is like kind of worried because he knows he's some sort of pawn or something. Like, I don't know what this guy wants me for, but I can't stop any of this. We come to find out that after Silas left Dillajan, that's when he eventually met up with Kronos and what led him eventually to be with Kronos when they burned Dillajan's village. Right. So yeah, so Dillajan like comes clean about all, yeah, all this stuff. He's like, you took something, like I took your intelligence from you, you took things from me twice before, which was his ministry yeah. and this like village. Yeah. Uh, so Silas is like, I'm really sorry about that. Like, yeah. Uh, reasonable. You threw exes into women's bellies. <laughs> and ripped children apart with your bare hands. And it's like, he's like, like so much more evil seeming in this than he seems even in the Four Horsemen episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, he seems like he's, I mean, he doesn't seem like a good person. <laughs> sure. Obviously, he right. like, likes fighting and like he wants to ride around and fight people. But it's not like, oh, who's this guy who would rip a baby's head off with his, <laughs> with his, with his fucking mitts? Like, that's not what you think when you meet this character. Because again, like, Mythos seems to like him. Mythos doesn't strike me, at least in that version of Mythos, as someone who's like, oh, I really like that guy who ripped, you know, tore that baby's fingernails out. <laughs> right. Seems like a good dude. I mean, that seems like that's Caspian shtick. Like, he right. chops people up. <laughs> yeah. Right, and eats them. Eats people. Right. Yeah. yeah. But diligent to like, is it my fault that Silas was evil or did he have the evil in him all along? It seems yes. like it's hundred percent your fault. Yes. It <laughs> absolutely is. Some kind of bizarre <laughs> surgery on him and left a piece of a tool in his skull. Against his will. Yes, this is all very bad. But Diljan is not taking any responsibility, and no. it's just like, I want revenge on you still, though, bro. Yeah, like, Silas is also, like, level-headed about this. He's like, "Do you are you looking for forgiveness from me? Like, because I think Diljan expresses that. Like, I felt terrible about what I did. Yeah. And so Silas is like, do you want forgiveness or revenge? And then Diligent's like, still revenge. Still revenge. It's completely this is unwarranted. Yeah, all the evil things that Silas did, including the evil things that affected Diligent, were his fault. Yes. Diligent's a piece of shit, yo. <laughs> yeah, he's he just garbage. Nope. Bad news. I want revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a note here that we have to play this next track because... So we do. When, when he says he wants revenge, this is like a fight breaks out. Oh, my out. God. This is... This is fucking crazy. All right, so I'll play the clip and then we'll yeah, talk about it. Not exactly a fair fight, is it? I thought our kind fought with swords. Oh, that's too much like hard work. <laughs> I haven't understood a lot of what you've told me. I don't know what 
quickening is or how any of this madness works. But I've read enough to know that plunging this long piece of sharp, jagged metal into your brain would cause some or all of your quickening to be released, yes? You'd still be locked in this room, Silas. My men would finish you off. I'd heal. You'd still be a prisoner. The door has an electronic lock. So? So I can refuse. Wow, guys. Wow. What a ride. What a theory. That's what? insane. It could be fused. I don't know what I want to drink, but he's like, the electronic <laughs> box can be fused. Yeah, oh so like, God. before this, like, Silas is like, literally just like a drooling killer <laughs> who sometimes helps with surgeries. <laughs> and now he's like, I know I don't remember what drinks are, but I know enough about circuitry and electronics to know. That, by the way, if I just stab you in the head, <laughs> that will release bolts of energy. How does every immortal not know this? Yeah, right? If you could just, like, bash someone with a rock and release all their quickening juice. Yeah, also, make sense. I mean, how does, like, shorting out the, the box that opens the door open the door? It Wouldn't it just maybe lock, make, the, lock door? the door and now there's no mechanism to open it? Yeah. Right? Like it just it just breaks. Or it just remains in whatever its current state. Exactly. Is. Like it's yeah. just closed now. Cool. Yeah. So fucking dumb. Blah. <laughs> uh, I like where he's like, I have this gun. <laughs> so there's alarms and I will say this about the, the gun thing and sword thing, not to interrupt. Kyle, you made a point in the first season, like we discussed that they wanted it both ways. Like Duncan would be like, We swung our swords and they clang together. Clang, 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 clang. Like it's like either describe it like a book or play it like a radio drama. This does a way better job of letting the action just play out in sound effects, uh, which is good. Sorry. Yes, I agree. So he winds up in some kind of lab where he sees other immortals kind of like posted up. Right. There's six of... people like in these like cubicle things. But then there's another fight. And like, <laughs> yeah, right. I guess he didn't take Diligent's gun. Also, Diligent, good for him being up and around after this one. Silas was chased by like other weird goons, like James Bond style goons with machine guns, like yeah. in a Moonraker esque lab. I'm assuming that's how Naturally. I pictured. That's how I pictured it in my head. Is Diligent just Jaws? Yeah. To you, my love. <laughs> He's captured again. Yes. By Diligent, who shoots him. Seems to blast him with like a shotgun or something. <laughs> yeah, he has a sawed off. So. <sighs> More my weird... notes, it's like boring. This is yeah. I'm so sick of listening to like a sound effect fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we just heard one. Right. Right. Then we get to reveal this convoluted vengeance, plan, <laughs> which is to find a cure for Silas being an idiot and then take it away. Like make him an idiot again. So if... he'll like know the true torture of this. Oh my god. All right. But, but also he won't because he'll forget it. Exactly. Right. Uh... I mean, also, it's weird because, I mean, taking the drill bit out is what fixed him. Right. Also, I mean, in a weird, like, no, duh. Like, putting the drill bit in is what broke him. So why did he try to fix it by giving him smart people quickenings? Why didn't he start with Start, the, yeah, like, start, start with, with trying this. to remove it. Uh, but I guess, I, I don't know, I think they tried to explain that, like, that the surgical tools were too, like, blunt at the time. Like, he couldn't get it out. Like, mm. he mentions that he uses, like, some weird robo, like a computerized... Robo-cop. Yeah, robo-cop. Like a, a robot cop. Yeah. <laughs> a robo chop yeah 
Friends call him Murphy. <laughs> we then get a big reveal here, quote unquote, which is so fucking stupid. <laughs> Does anyone want to know how Dilijan knows his scheme will work? Well, because Silas is like, no, I will remember this. Like, I, I promise you, like, you can't do this to me again. I will remember. And then he's done it all before. <laughs> and also, like, it didn't go well for you this time. No. He stabbed you in the dome and let a yeah. bunch of your quickening goo out. <laughs> like, and he, like, short shorted your, like, office and made your goons, like, shoot. And this seems bad. <laughs> right? Yeah. And all to do a thing that he clearly does not remember. So he doesn't remember being tortured. You're just torturing him. Mm-hmm. This is so dumb. And also, it's all Dillijan's fault. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100% Dillijan's fault. So he comes up with a dumb revenge plot when he should just be punishing himself. And then it ends with, like, more drill sounds. And and he's and Silas screaming in agony. <sighs> wow. And that's it. That is it. Wow, that was a much simpler story than the last one. We really moved through it, didn't we? Well, it felt like we did. Well, it was at least focused. It was all about Silas. And, and it didn't... wasn't, like, 82,000, like... <laughs> Quentin Tarantino-esque time jumps. So that helps. But before we uh, dive too far into it, should we play a game? Game time. So uh, we got a little trivia here for you. Wow. Keith, could you keep score, noting that Eamon, he has one point already. So Keith, you've got your work cut out for you. So we're going to play a little trivia game. Buzz in when you think you know the answer. Keith, you gave yourself the point. (laughs) That seems like something Keith would do. Don't worry, I'll be, I'll be writing a little hash mark on there in no time. <laughs> yeah, baby. Just buzz in by saying your own name, not didgeridoo, not each other's names. Your own name. Paul Giamatti. Just... Paul Giolanti. Paul Giolanti. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Paul Gelato. All right, ready? I'm ready. This person is well known for executing moves such as the scoop slam, the double underhook face buster, and the kneeling belly to belly pile driver. Keith? Yeah. Hulk Hogan? No. Eamon? Yes. The big show? No, the answer is Andre the Giant. Ah. He did, in fact, <laughs> use that move on Hulk Hogan, I believe. Oh. Oh. Andre the Giant. Classic Andre yeah. Giant. <laughs> What movie features the following quote? Superman. Ah, fuck. Amen. Do you need to hear it again? Yes, Amen. (laughs) Goonies. No. Uh, Uh, Keith, I'll say Superman 2. No, The Iron Giant. (laughs) Oh. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Question (laughs) third. Who is well known for this catchphrase? Ho, ho, ho. Uh, Keith. I think Eamon got it in there first. Green Giant. What kind of Green Giant? Jolly. Yes, (laughs) correct. This one-eyed son of Poseidon was famously blinded by Odysseus. Eamon. Eamon. Polyphemus. That is correct. The giant Cyclops. Cleaning up. Cyclops. X-Men. Question (laughs) the fifth. Who replaced Sylvanus Kettleburn as professor of the class Care for Magical Creatures? Oh, uh, Eamon. Yes. Hagrid. Correct. Oh, of course. Hey. As a bonus question, what's Hagrid's first name? Shit. Uh, I should know this, but I don't. Keith? Yeah? Hagar? Hagar Hagrid. (laughs) No. Eamon. Yes. I don't, I shouldn't get this point there. Is it Rubius? It is Rubius. Wow. You get the point on that. No, I got two guesses. Oh, you did get two guesses? Yeah. What was your first guess? I gave up. 
Or did I not take a I don't guess? You didn't take a guess. Oh, I just said I didn't know. All right, sorry. Yeah. All right. This fall, what grocery store opened Keith. up? <laughs> yes. Giant? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's an underground tap room in that giant, apparently. Ooh, that seems uh, counterintuitive. Is that the one on Washington and Broad? No, it's somewhere up in Northern Liberties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a giant would have his brewery above ground. You'd think. <laughs> Guys. But layers, never mind. <laughs> okay. Guys, who won Super Bowl 52? Keith. Yes. Giants? No. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> Shit, you tricked me. Amen. The Patriots? No. The Eagles, baby. Oh, dumb. <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> no, I All should right. know that. Right. Yeah, right. well. Bonus question. Who won Super Bowl 35? Keith? Yeah. Giants? No. <sighs> Amen. Yes. The Patriots? No, it was the Ravens. They beat the Giants because fuck the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Damn. that is our trivia game about giants. Hey-o. Five to one. Congratulations, Eamon. Thank you, Keith. Good job. I'm the winner. You Hell of a thing you did. Which one did you get, Keith? Uh, I got the one that was just the word giant, and it was about a supermarket. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Which I was honestly holding out for. I was like, I hope there's one about the store. <laughs> yep. Uh, I like that we both did trivia games that were, mine was on brothers, brothers and yours was, was on, on giants. giants. Oh, I have a feeling uh, that's going to continue. Oh, it's so <laughs> interesting how that, like, this was not planned at all, which is kind of funny. Yes. Only kind of funny. <laughs> Only kind of. That's important. An well, important notation. Before we jump into our review, it's time for the Melt Minute, guys. Let's oh, bl- there's another Melt Minute? I got a whole album we're going to go through. Do we really? <laughs> All right. I well. don't know if we need to, but uh, I'm like let's so Let's make it curious. a literal Melt Minute. <laughs> okay. Ready? Yeah, let's melt. All right. So we've already done, uh, again, Caspian is... Is it Caspian? Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I forgot people's names. Uh, he was in a band in the 90s called Melt. He's the lead singer. And uh, let's see if this Here's album gets work. any better. So we're on track four, Harrowed Man. He sounds like Josh Gad there. <laughs> like from the Book of Mormon. <laughs> this is like poorly recorded. Dude. Why are the drums like louder than the? Is it a form of milk cover band? Yes. What's what's the name of the milk cover? Smelt, smelt, <laughs> or smelt? Smelt. Uh, all right, Alpha et Omega. Et or end? Et. Oh, rainy. <laughs> starts off just like the last one. Was, you're the one that is. All right, we're done. Uh, <laughs> and that's been your Melt Minute. Yikes. Let's talk about it. Eamon, you get to give your opinion first on this mother. Who? So this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, the framing convention more than the last one. Because yes, it at least makes sense as like a framing thing. Aside from like, let me tell you about. <laughs> Richard Ridings is a good narrator. Yeah, as a delivery mechanism, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but just like the whole story of like trying to make this dullard smart is weird. After you made him dumb. Right. Yeah. And I honestly just don't buy into how dumb he's supposed to be. Like, that's weird. 
Like I, I, like I found it almost upsetting how they treat him because we've seen this character. Mm-hmm. He's not like a drooling moron. And obviously, like this story contradicts himself by him like figuring out this weird clue that was left. Like if he's that dumb, would he really be able to figure that out? No. Pompey should just be able to be like explain it away if he's so dumb. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. The whole thing's silly. Also, why do we get the whole story? About, like, experiments on making him smarter. He always knew what the problem was. That was all part of his vengeance plan back then, too. I mean, I'm just so, like... Oh, that's a good point. Was he trying to cure him because of vengeance? Or did that... Yes, it must have always been because of vengeance. Or was he trying to cure him, but then after... After, I I, I guess he was trying to destroyed the village, then he switched it to vengeance. None of the things with curing him, though, take place before the thing with the village. Ah. Oh, really? All, 100% of it's afterwards. Yeah, then that's Wait, hold on. Weird. Yeah, the fall of the Ottoman Empire and all that stuff's like in 1200. He's in Wales in... But the drilling takes place before that. The drilling takes place... Prior to any horseman activity. Correct. But then the curing doesn't take place till after that. Yeah. He's only ever attempting to cure him out of vengeance, seemingly. That's insane. Like, the effort people are putting forward to do this is bananas. And they're just not actually killing them. Also, it's... I don't understand Dillijan's character. No. Even a little bit. Because we're introduced to this thing that he's, like, a good guy. He's forming this Ministry of Immortals to try to help people. They go around helping mortals. Like, it builds up one idea of this character. And then... He faces a personal tragedy and then, like, no longer cares about any of those things. He's just seeking revenge and seeking revenge in a way that's counter to those other things. Right. Like, he's like, oh, let me set this up in a way that allows Kronos and his team to just kill people. Forever. To do exactly what they did to me to thousands of other people. Yeah. Who will never get the chance to, like, seek revenge. I don't know. His whole goal should be just to end them, like, on behalf of everyone else they've harmed. Which he could have done dozens of times, clearly, along (laughs) the way, and just chooses not to for reasons that that are never explained. Because he's, like, the worst. It's so stupid. Mm -hmm. For, like, what? What is theoretically slightly more satisfying revenge, maybe? But why? What does he get out of this? Nothing. Also, they all forget about him. Right, they <laughs> like, do. <laughs> like, none of his vengeance plans, like, sink in. None of them work in the sense that they're not actively suffering and knowing it's because of him. Right. i tell you one thing. That drill sinks in. It <laughs> surely <right>. did. <laughs> it was brain. His brain. <laughs> Anything else on this? Are we ready to rate it? Uh, let me think. Um, guys, we should also mention the title of the episode. I mean, I guess that's kind of clever. It's All the King's Horses, which is a Humpty Dun- Dumpty, Dumpty, nope, Humpty Dumpty reference. So All the King's Horses could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. So is Silas Humpty Dumpty? Exactly. But they do put him back together again. Oh, that's and then true. they re-break them. They re-break them. You can't all make an omelet without breaking some eggs. All the king's horses and all the king's men could put Humpty together again and right. then for revenge, break him again. <laughs> In an endless cycle of yeah. meaningless vengeance. That's right. Yep. Also, Silas... To my knowledge, never sits on a great wall no. in this story. Yeah, that's a real weakness in the story. Oh my god, can yeah. you imagine if they made that like his first death? Like he was playing with some kids and, just <laughs> and he was on a wall. wall. <laughs> I would not put that by a, like this series to do some bullshit like that. No, sir. Monkey. I agree with you guys that uh, that the mechanic is good in this one, though. 
Yeah, like it makes some sense. Finding like little clues and like putting together a story. That's okay. Yeah, it's well, also like it's a good like he's piecing the mystery together. Like where am I? Why am I here? Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and then uh, the revelation in this episode that this trepanation shit is going to be the linchpin of the entire audio series made me so angry because it was so clear here that that's what it's going to be. And uh, I had a weird theory about this story. Like, I'm always curious, like, why did they choose to, like, why these four stories? Like, what made them think of this plot? Like, was there ever something that made them, like, go in this direction? I wondered if the writer thought, oh, like, Silas is such a simpleton. Like, he doesn't talk much in the show. Like, he just says a couple words. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't Mm -hmm. have conversations. So if they had it in their head that, like, Silas is an idiot and doesn't speak, how do we get him to tell an audio story? We must make him smart so he can tell the story. That's dumb. I, I my theory is dumb. You're thinking, or no? I mean, I mean, it's I, okay if, if you think it's dumb. No, but I mean, then I they, wondered, like, no, if they think that, they it are would dumb. be dumb. And I, yeah. I wondered. I was like, did everything come from this? Like, this was their starting point. Is if they saw a problem in Silas telling a story, so invented this scheme, and then everything blossomed around that. I don't know. It's, I, I, be I certainly hope not. At that, in, a, in a vacuum, I'd say there might be something to that, but they use a very similar mechanic in the next episode, leading me to think that there was more. Mm. That it was all, the fact oh, that it's I like see, I see. the fact that it's like of a type. Yeah, says to me that it's part of a wider. Okay. A wider plan, a dumb plan. Yeah, but. it's very silly. Wow. All right, let's rate it. Amen. How many drillbits to the brain? One. One. Drillbit Taylor. One drillbit Taylor. One drillbit Taylor. My favorite movie starring mm. Owen Wilson. I love him. DBT. DBT. <laughs> Keith, mm? how many gelato thruples would you give this? Gelato thruples. Uh, I'm going to give this three. Wow. wow. All right. Three gelato I, thruples. I think so. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm blank. I don't know. I think I like this one more than the other ones. I think it's my favorite of the three. I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe I'll revise it. I mean, I'm basing that. Again, it's been a minute. But I think I like this one the most. So that's where that's coming from. Well, fair enough. We're going to see how this all plays out. You'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. Kyle, how many wet mouth sounds would you give this episode? <laughs> One and a half wet mouth sounds. What does half a wet mouth sound sound like? Like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, one and a half. This story has a more competent framework, but it makes no sense to me. In a way that, not in the sense of like, this is the first story was confusing, but most of what was said made some sense. Here is where we get introduced the concept that like drills to the brain or just hitting someone in the head (laughs) releases quickening juice. It's internally inconsistent. (laughs) A lot of bizarre choices and frankly hate the characterization of Silas that this paints. Right. Really dislike it. You know, it really also robs the villain of this, of all their credibility, because they are responsible for this. And yet they're concocting absurd, nonsensical vengeance plans. Well, that's the thing, is the irony of all of this is by giving an origin story to your, like, perhaps the most evil people in the Highlander canon or whatever, to, like, make them more interesting, dynamic, perhaps sympathetic in some way, they create the exact same problem with a villain that is unsympathetic. The motivations are ridiculous. Like, I don't know. It's bullshit. Yeah. He's just a 
Bad dude. <laughs> bad dude. Bad hombre. Bad hombre. Yeah, so 1.5. Wow, 1.5. Well, write us in, listeners. Tell us uh, what you think of this idea that quickening juice comes from your brain. Yeah, that, that is like And not lot. from the heart. Yeah, this has mm. some interesting... Or uh, the butt. Or the butt, yeah. <laughs> I like to think that my quickening's in my butt. He spread my butthole in <laughs> quickening <Damn> juice. <laughs> and prepared, for and he, he prepared his trepanation blade. <laughs> uh, Yikes. Yeah, that is interesting, because there's like a whole, you know, a lot of like philosophers and things like that talk about like the mind-body problem and ah. things like that. This seems to carve out a position. You're right. It actually, that is interesting. It does get into uh, I, I i would say that the the question he asks is like what is the true silas or something is interesting yeah not explored not explored at all uh and also is a theme kind of carried forward in the next episode we'll yeah. see like what is the real person yikes Three. also write us in at highly rewatch at gmail.com tell us what you think of melt do you want to hear more of melt do you want a melt spin-off podcast what would that be called felt <laughs> <laughs> pelt pelt melted podcast earth Love podcast, truth. <laughs> love truth. The LT always has to be love truth. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! Wow. All right. So make sure to head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five star review, pretty please. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. And uh, make sure to head on over to our Facebook page, click like, and our Patreon page where you can contribute. Uh, there's some cool prizes, prizes, I shouldn't say that, rewards or gifts that you may get. Yeah, it's super cool. Join our Patreon group today. Buy some of our magnets on Etsy or our Facebook page. That's right, $15. To ching, head over to our T Public. That's right, T Public stores got some swag. Get money yourself now? a sweet money no shirt. Money no. Money no. By giving us money, money yes. Money yes. Mm. Money right. yes. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next week for episode three, The Pain Eaters. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye-bye. We're on to it. Yes. I keep saying ready. 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 There we go. Ready. <coughs> ready.